0: We also would love to connect with you on our social media on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, Kingdom Culture family. So good to see you. Happy Sunday again. Thank you for tuning in. So great to see our community on here and as well, all those that are watching for the first time, whether you're watching live or after the fact, Welcome. Let us know where you're from in the comments. Like it. Subscribe to our channel. Share it on your social media networks. Help us spread the word, you guys. I believe God is going to speak to you again today in a powerful way. We're continuing our mini two-week series called Psalm 16, where we're exploring what is called a mishtham of David. We're going to break that down again for you in this week's message. But the the, the psalm, the verse that we're focusing on is Verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. We're gonna dive a little deeper today. Now, don't change the channel yet. Don't get off of this yet. I'm gonna be showing you a message, okay, from four years ago. Now, I know some of you are like, I want the live thing. You guys, listen. This is a powerful, powerful message to kind of continue our two-week series. I believe it's gonna radically impact you. Trust me, please, do not turn this off. You're gonna love it. I know it's a little bit different how we're doing things in this season. That's not always a live message, but you guys, I really believe that it's just as powerful. I'm gonna be talking today about the things that stop us from setting the Lord always before us. This message, I'm telling you, is going to transform your life. Get your pens out. Get your notepads out and take some notes. Let's watch Fix Your Focus from four years ago. Enjoy. I have a word for you this morning. Open up your Bible or open up your phones or your, your notepads or whatever. I, wanna, I want you to take some notes and uh, hoping to really encourage you this morning. And my subject title this morning, write this down. This is for phase seven of our hardcore series. How many have been enjoying, enjoying the hardcore Series. Awesome. A few of you. That's great. So fix your focus. Write that down. Fix your focus. Fix your focus. I believe God is going to solve some problems this morning in your life. God is going to solve some problems. He's going to fix some things in your life. That have been robbing you of the life that you're called to live. He's gonna bring some alignment to things within your focus that has been out of alignment, and as a result, you've been lacking in fruit. I believe God is gonna shift some things and bring you into some freedom. Uh, one of the, uh, I won't go into the detail, but at 12 a.m. last night, probably around that time, I was laying on my couch and just praying. And one of the things that I like to do. When I have the chance, is just like, especially at night, is just like, especially on Saturday nights, you just lay down and just still myself and let God speak to me. And, uh, and oftentimes I have like, you know, God will speak to me and some incredible things. But last night, I saw, I literally encountered what I would call, and I, and I don't even have language for it yet, the spirit of freedom. I saw what freedom looked like. I felt the authority and the power of what freedom would look like in the life of a believer. I saw it. I saw it. And the the words that came to me, it's kind of a cheesy, but it was like uh, the magnitude of magnificence. That that, that was the the word that came to me, the magnitude of magnificence. It it was so magnificent, the spirit of freedom, the spirit of freedom that came over me, and it was like hovering over me, and I saw how massive it was, and then I thought to myself, man, this is the freedom that God wants to bring every believer into, but yet we feel so small and disqualify ourselves from the freedom that God has for us because of fear. What people think about us. There is a part of you that you don't know yet. There is a part of you that you don't know yet that's been resident in you, that is dormant within you, that you've never experienced yet. But once you encounter freedom, guess what? You begin to access the real you, the real you that you never met yet, that's on the inside of you. And I saw this spirit of freedom and I was like, holy cow, I'm like, if we would just get it, I'm speaking to myself right now. If we would just get a hold of how how magnificent and the magnitude of the freedom God wants to bring you into every limitation and every barrier and everything robbing you right now would crumble that's in front of you I was thinking about you know ore you guys know what ore is a type of rock type of rock and uh there's inside the ore there when it's broken up there's this the sufficient minerals inside and Contains important elements that you can you know you can extract uh, from for for economic reasons like gold and different various precious metals silver. And uh, but it's got to be broken up, and it's got to go into well, a crucible. It's got to go into a melting pot, and then go into a furnace to get the dross out, so we can purify it. And I was thinking about the inside of all of us. You know how you know tests and trials they refine us, right? It's like being put in a furnace. It's like we're all we all have a little ore on the inside of us. We all have some rocks on the inside of us that need to be broken up. And when they're broken up, those precious metals, the gold inside of you, can be extracted. But it's got to go through some fire right it's got to go through some testing before you find the freedom and find the real you it's got to go through some stuff it's got to go through a process so you you hearing me this morning and god wants to bring us into that god wants to give us a solution for our problem this morning god wants to fix our focus this morning where our focus has been off and and i'm going to share a passage or actually a verse and I've actually, and I know this might be over some of your heads, but I've encountered this specific verse in two different dreams over the year. Where years. Even the first time when I didn't even know the verse, I actually in the dream had an encounter where I was reciting the reference and the verse, didn't even know it was the verse, and woke up and it was the verse. And I had an encounter, and the second time I woke up with the verse in my head, and it's this verse. Let's go to Psalms 16, verse 8. Write this down. Psalm 16 verse 8. I have set the Lord. Everyone say set. set. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he has a, my right hand, I shall not be moved. So many of us are being moved out of the place that we're called to sit or stand in. So many of us are going up and down on this spiritual faith roller coaster. It's like, you know, without Jesus, life is up and down and emotionally up and down. We have good days. We have bad days. With Jesus, life feels like it goes up and down. We have good days and we have bad days. The only difference is with Jesus, you have someone to help you make the good days good, or make the the bad days good days even when they're bad days is the only difference. We have someone that's got our back because it's in the bad days, in the valley type seasons where often we grow in wisdom and we grow in faith because when we're on the mountaintop we don't really need much faith because we're already there. It took faith to get to the mountaintop but how did you get to the mountaintop? You went maybe through a valley. You went through some hard points, some hard times. You hit some different weather patterns on the way up. You stopped breathing for a few moments because of the oxygen begin to change. You were going through a hard process but it took Took faith in the process to get you up to the mountain. When you're there, you don't need a lot of faith. It's in the hard moments when the ore inside of you is being purified and all the dross is coming out of you. That's when the gold in you becomes you. That's when you discover the real you. It's in those processes going up. It's in those moments. And and he says, David, the, the psalmist, David, the king of Israel says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand I shall not be moved in this moment in this hard spot when I'm in fear when I when I'm in doubt when I'm in unbelief if I set the Lord when I'm struggling when I feel intimidated when I feel scared when I feel like I'm going to lose everything when I feel tempted when, when I'm about to quit when I'm about to give up I'm about to leave this relationship I set the Lord before me I put him in focus and then what happens is that allows me to not be moved out of the spot that God's called me this 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 psalm is what they call in the hebrew a michtam it's the michtam of david everyone say michtam the michtam of david and it's a hebrew word that comes from the word katam And it means something that has been stained or something that has been cut into, kind of like a a tattoo. It's been engraved. This Tom of David, this whole psalm is what they call a tom of David, which means it's so important. It's important enough that literally it's engraved and etched on your mind. It means that this psalm is so important that you should focus on this psalm. And God wants to etch it into the very fabric of your being. He wants to etch it into your very soul. And if you let this psalm enter in, it would allow you to stand strong when you're tempted to move. It's the Mitch Tom. Some would call it the golden psalm. The golden psalm. When you're going through a hard spot and you realize that, man, this is to to extract out of the ore the precious metals that are on the inside of me and to extract the gold and the silver and to purify. When you realize that and you put Jesus at the center, guess what? You get the strength you need to put your roots down deep and stand unmoved. Unrattled. It means to not slip away. To not be moved is to not slip away. How many know some people that have slipped away? Maybe some of you feel like you're Slipping back a little bit, you're slipping away a little bit. David said, "If you set the Lord before you, you put him back into his rightful place. You will not be moved." I, uh, oh man, this is this is this is good. This is good. God wants to chisel this word on the stone of your heart, on the ore of your heart. He wants to write and engrave this. This is why it's so important. You know, I was thinking about the fact that in the last month and a half. I have had in the midst of the hardcore series. I got to confess something. I have had the worst workouts that I've had probably in two years. Super frustrating. You know, we launched this series called Hardcore. You know, and I've already I I developed obviously a lifestyle of exercise and fitness, and I eat pretty good. But I, you know, the last month and a half, I've had the worst workouts. And I, I, I've been really struggling, God, like, why? Why is this happening? And I've realized my focus has been totally, like, wonky. I get to the gym, and I'm answering emails between sessions of my reps, which is not good. <laughs> Stressful emails, managing things, you know, texting and calling. Between my breaks, I'm trying to work out in focus, I'm trying to focus (laughs) and I'm becoming fractured in my mind because of the things that I'm doing in between what I'm trying to focus. And, and, and I'm and realizing the last month and a half, I'm like, man, what's going on with me? And I'm realizing that there are some things in this season that are really trying to take me, take me off, off my focus, take, take me out of, out, out of, almost out of the path I'm supposed to be on. And I'm realizing just some things, changes and things that are, they're distracting me and I bring them into the gym and the gym is supposed to be therapy for pastors. And it's right now, it's becoming frustrating. They're frustrating, and uh, I I've I, I realized this, and, and yesterday I was thinking on this, this scripture because a few years ago, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, I remember sitting in my backyard, sitting in my backyard and focusing on this Mish Tom of David for four to five hours just meditating on it. You know that you can become the very words that you focus on, because what you focus on you empower into your life. What you focus on you open a doorway to in your life. Focus on fear, focus on anxiety, focus on what's not happening, focus on, you know, what is happening. Focus on the discouragement, the negative. Well, you're going to open the door to more of that into your life. You like attracts like. You become a magnetic force for whatever you focus on in life. And I remember sitting there for four to five hours just meditating on this verse. What does it mean, God, to put you before me, before my anxieties, before my discouragement, before the negativity, before the what's not happening, before the fear Before the fact that I feel sometimes like I'm not a good parent. Before all these things that may be trying to to distract me. Before the stress of this and that. I put you. I put Jesus at the center. I set you before all those things. Because some of those things maybe over time got disconnected from you and I've been trying to deal with them myself in my own strength and I got to go back to this place like David did in times when there was pressure and great pressure and I had to put him before all of those things. That's what it means. To let God captivate and capture all the thoughts and all the things that are weighing on me in a moment and setting him before me. Because I'm going to be moved if those things are before me. I'm going to be moved out of my spot. I'm going to slip back. I'm going to slip away out of the spot that I'm called to stand if I let those things be before him. Every one of us in this room goes through this. Every one of us in this room, even in areas that you don't even realize you're going through. The, the, the struggles, the fears, the, the questions, the unbelief, the doubts at times, the emotional pain that you may be feeling. We all go through those things, the lack in different areas. Why haven't I, why am I not married yet? Why don't I have a house yet? You know, why don't I have my dream job yet? Why haven't I had that breakthrough in business yet? All these things, and Jesus just says, hey, set me before all those things. Because you're being moved out by what's not happening right now. It's golden. This is, this is golden. You know, the, 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 a large percentage of the battle when you get to the gym is having a clear mind. And Jesus started to speak to me, Sean, you got to fix your focus. You're going into the gym. And your focus is off. you got to fix your focus. Where your focus is fixed, write this down, will determine your level of fruit. Where your focus is fixed will determine your level of fruit. Determine your level of fruit. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. And if we're going to fix our focus, then we're going to stand strong. We need to deal with a few things. And I want to give you a few things that we need to deal with in the short time that I have left. Number one, we got to deal with the fracture of fear. we got to deal with the fracture of fear. I was thinking about the fact that, you know, the Bible says very clearly that there's no fear in love. And the the, the root, the root of a lot of our struggle or fears in life. The things that are holding us back. You can think right now five to six, maybe one to three, I don't know, things that you are fearful of that are st- stopping. You know. You're afraid of this. You're afraid of that. You're afraid of social atmospheres. You're afraid of this. You're afraid of stepping out into this new idea that you have. You're afraid of transitioning. You're afraid of moving. You're afraid of all these different things causing fear in your life. Proverbs says the fear of man brings a snare. It locks you up. But there's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. And when you learn to love yourself, because you know that Jesus first loved you. If you can't love your neighbor as yourself, which is one of the greatest focuses of our life, if we cannot love ourselves, ourselves. Love your neighbor as what? Yourself. yourself. Love God. God is first who set him before, then love our neighbor as ourselves. We only are able to love ourselves when we know God's love for us because He first, first John says He first loved us he first loved us you didn't first love him you didn't impress him by your love you were impressed by his love for you and that's why you were able to love him and then in turn love yourself and when you love yourself guess what fear begins to break off of you because you accept yourself You accept yourself into the identity of what Jesus has spoken over you. And when you accept yourself into that identity, throwing away your fake ID that the world gave you and accepting his new ID that he gave you on the cross over 2,000 years ago, you begin to love yourself. As a result, love begins to happen and all the fear begins to break off of you. But when fear steps in, it fractures our faith. It fractures our focus and it needs to be fixed God wants to fix our focus write this down fear will fracture our faith and it will fracture our focus it will fracture our faith and it will fracture our focus you can think of things right now that are causing you to fear man but just think about it, when somebody asks you something, that one thing they always ask you to do, you always respond with a negative, you always respond with some level of fear, you always respond probably with a no, or I can't, or I won't, I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, people won't like it, people won't like me. You, that's, that is the eg- example or demonstration that fear is directing you. And you got to fix your focus. Jesus has not been set in your life in that area And that's why you're being moved. That's why you're being moved out of the position that you're called to occupy. Go back there for a sec. Because, you know, fear is the opposite of faith. Not unbelief. Fear, I can show you through scripture, fear is the opposite of faith. Jesus is in the boat with the disciples. And he had just talked to them about bread. Just multiplied the bread. It's Mark 6. He's at the boat. And they're talking amongst themselves. They're about to get over. And they realize they don't have enough bread. And they're reasoning among themselves. And Jesus says, how is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? Fear is the opposite of faith. And fear will fracture your faith. It's the fracture of fear. And I'll rob you of focus. We have to set the Lord always before us. I was thinking about some, some examples of you know, when I started to do more media stuff, and uh, one of the things that we used to do is we'd go out on the street with a camera and uh, microphone and stuff. And, and we'd just like, we'd prophesy over people on the street, pray for the sick, and awesome things would happen. But when you bring a camera into that moment, it's very easy to go into a little bit of fear. You know, it's, it's, like, a, it's like there's this expectation, right? The camera is on you. You hear what I'm saying? The camera's on. There's, this expectation. And there has been, there were times when I would feel the, the pressure to perform. The pressure. I got to get a word. The pressure. You know. And, and, and at times if I let it. If I let it rob me of my focus. Of making Jesus first. Not getting a good testimony. Making Jesus first. I would stand strong and God would move every time. And uh, I, I, I remember a time when we went to. Uh, Haiti and it was like a mission and I had asked I I had a camera guy with me to document the trip I had a, a business guy at the time with me as well and I had an intercessor with me so I had a really good team and we went, and the whole point was to document and really, like, like showcase. Some of you have probably seen the documentary. Showcase some of the miracles, things that were happening. I remember just the pressure. It's different when the camera's on. Because, like, you're, you're, you, you want to see God. You want to record the awesomeness of God. You want re- to catch on film the awesomeness of God. So I remember I told the, the host. This is in my book. I, I told the, the host that was hosting us. I said, can you, can you find us the most voodoo-steeped village because we were doing all kinds of stuff, like we were. This is after the, the big earthquake. We were we were you know feeding whole villages, and some of you were a part of sewing into that trip years ago. And we were feeding whole villages. It was awesome. But one of the tri- part of the trip, I said, I want you to find me the most voodoo steeped village, and I want to set up a PA on the street, and we're just going to move in the miraculous. We're going to see miracles happen. That we're going to talk about Jesus, and some things are going to happen. People are going to be transformed. And so the cameras rolling. Whenever I, I got there, I could feel the the, the the fear of what if nothing happens, you know? Because it's not up to me, right? I'm just the vessel. I'm just the conduit. So I'm, I'm at the will and the mercy of God. God, you got to do something. We brought the camera guy. We paid for the camera guy to come. Something's got to happen, right? And so we went on the street, and I told our team, I'm like, you guys got to start praying because this is like hard, you know? I'm this white. Back then, I had like a faux hawk, you know? I've had many different hair moments in my life, and uh, so I'm, I, I had this like, you know, I, I'm there, and they're probably thinking, oh, I'm an American, another, another American coming to our country, that's probably what's what I'm thinking, they're thinking, and I'm on the street, set up a PA, and I just start, I mean, there's guys, in, a guy in wheel, a wheelchair, those guys standing all around the street with their arms crossed, And I'm making this announcement with my translator. I'm like, if you're sick, if you're deaf, whatever it is, partially deaf, fully deaf, in one ear, two ear, you know somebody who's totally deaf. You know somebody in one of the the, the houses or the huts, you know, nearby. um, Bring them. God's going to heal the sick right now. That's what I was saying. So this is all on camera, right? 20 minutes is hard, man. Nothing's happening. Nobody's coming. I'm like, I'm trying to think, I'm sort of thinking, is the translator even saying what I'm saying, you know? questioning, you know, because there was times when I just wondered, I'm like, are you really saying what I'm saying? And uh, there's only 5,000 words, I think, in the Creole language, so I'm thinking there's limitation here, but I, I, I honestly did, did not know what was happening, and eventually, one person starts coming forward, next person, next person, and boom, one after another, people started getting radically healed. Pfft, just, like, started popping. I mean, real notable miracles, Then after all that starts happening, oh, by the way, I was greeted into this one area with, hey, there are three main high-level voodoo priests that kind of oversee this village. So I was like, this is perfect, you know, because light belongs in darkness. Now, I'm not talking about, like, Indiana Jones, voodoo dolls, needles in the doll. This is real-deal voodoo, okay? This is next level. I could share stories that you would not believe if I told you, and you'd think I'm wacky, and you'd probably leave the church. So, but all to say, this is real deal voodoo, It's not Indiana Jones stuff. And so we're, we're, I mean, we're up against, there's a little bit of a spiritual opposition, but all of a sudden things started happening and people all around the huts that weren't even in front where we were praying, all of a sudden started giving their lives to Jesus. And our team was going in, our translators were going in, leading people to Jesus. People were having these encounters. It was incredible. But I had to fix my focus in that moment. I couldn't let the 20 minute window where nothing was happening fracture my focus. Because fear will fracture you. Fear will fracture you. Isaiah 26 verse 3. I love this verse. It says, you will keep him. You will keep him in perfect peace. Everyone say perfect peace. Perfect, perfect peace. Who, who will he keep? Whose mind is fixed on you. That's the word. Whose mind is fixed fixed on you whose mind say it who's fixed on you who will he keep in perfect peace he whose mind is fixed and focused and has set him before so there's no moving that can happen that's why people leave the church you know people get offended people leave jobs people quit because their focus, they, they, needed, they didn't fix their focus. They started to focus on all the problems, the people that were offending them. And they disconnected themselves when, hey, there was a, something bigger happening that you didn't see the ore inside of you. God was saying, hey, this is a perfect season to, to, to break the rock in your heart so I can extract the precious metals that have always been in there and burn away the dross and turn what's in you into gold. But you got offended on the outside by the external. Let it rob you of what I was trying to do on the inside, on the internal. You let the external rob you of what I wanted to extract in the internal part of who you are. Are you hearing me? Is this speaking to somebody? You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So why? Why does he keep someone in perfect peace? Why is somebody's mind fixed? Why is there a fixed focus on Jesus? What motivates, what energizes a fixed focus? Trust. That word means to be boldly confident. Boldly confident. Boldly confident. Is this hitting you? Boldly confident. When you're boldly confident, it energizes your ability to fix your focus. Realign your priorities. So you can stand strong when things push up against you and pressure comes your way and you feel like you're living in the crucible in this fiery furnace being burned up and you want to exit. You want to find the nearest exit but it's in that moment if you let it go a little longer that precious metal, the gold, the silver on the inside of you will be born and birthed into your life and you will see for the first time the real you that was always there. You just didn't know it. You just didn't know it. And you're in that season, and I was thinking about myself, and it's something that we need to do all the time, is Go back to this place and set the Lord always before us and set the Lord in the place of our focus. And I was thinking about times of when I was leading these Mardi Gras trips back in the day and bringing teams to the streets in New Orleans and there was things that were happening and challenges that were going on and people would back out last minute and all this kind of stuff and buses were this and that and storms were coming. And I was thinking about what I did, what I always did in those stressful times. I remember I would go into my room, I'd lock myself in my room, I'd lay on my bed in silence and I would just... i got to set you before these things. Set you before the stress I've got to set you before the financial issues. I've got to set you before the people issues that I'm having. I got to, I got to set you before the drama. I got to set you before the storm that's coming. That's going to make people afraid. I got to set you before. I got to set you before. I got to set you before. If I set you before, I put my focus on you and fix my focus. I'm not going to be moved by what I feel on the outside. I'm going to be moved by what's going on on the inside and that's where God's turning me into the real me. Oh, so good. If we're going to fix our focus, we need to deal with the fracture of fear. Number two, the failure of fruit. The failure of fruit. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel faithfully fruitless? Who do I mean by that? Like you're just, you're faithful and you're consistent and not bearing fruit. You're just faithfully fruitless. Everybody feel that way? Come on, there's areas of all of our life where, you know, your wife's been saying the same thing to you for 30 years of marriage. It still hasn't changed, right? No? Anybody with me in the house? Jacques, Sue has been saying things to you for for more than 30 years. Have you always been fruitful? Probably not. I'm going to answer your own question. (laughs) There are areas of our life where we have been faithfully fruitless. And we have to deal with the failure, Right? of not bearing fruit why is this always happening why have I not been married yet why have I not come into my career yet why why uh, uh, am I not a good parent or I feel like I'm not a good parent or wife or husband or why do I let my friends down why am, am I not excelling in this specific area because I know fruit will ultimately make me feel a little better because I'll be able to eat of it and enjoy of it it's the reward of my faith fruit at some level will fulfill me but why what's what's stopping this from happening why am i being faithfully fruitless john 15 verse 4 says jesus said it's his words not my words abide in me and i will abide in you or remain in me and i will remain in you a branch cannot bear what fruit if it is disconnected from the vine and neither will you neither will you if you are not connected to me what if some of those areas of your life your marriage your parenting Your career, your finances have been disconnected from being set and allowing Jesus being set before those things. So there's a disconnection and that's why you've been faithfully fruitless what if you've not gone to God you've not gone to God in those moments and set him before those things and that's why you're wondering things just aren't working out the way that you want them to work out you're praying for someone to have breakthrough and you think it's all on them to have the breakthrough but what if it's in your breakthrough in setting Jesus before that issue that individual that person that's not changing what if it's in that moment that all of a sudden things begin to change because your focus has been off God is always looking on the inside of you before he wants you to look on the inside of somebody else. I'm breaking the rock, the ore on the inside of you. Let, let, let me extract your precious metals. Let me extract, extract your precious metals. I mean, I bought you for, the, for a price. Jesus, he paid a price for you. There's a, a price tag on your life. It's a billion dollar price tag on your life, he paid a price for you because he knew that in the ore that wasn't broken up yet, there was some gold but before you even knew it. He knew it. That's the awesomeness of the grace of God. God wants us to abide and set him in place. If we're going to fix our focus. We need to deal with the fracture of fear, the failure of fruit. Number three, the forging, or this down, of fire. The forging of fire, this is where the real you is forged. It's made, you know, weapons are forged in fire and fired, intense temperatures, right? Something in you is being developed in this season. Do you see it? Do you see it? Or are you letting the stuff around you, the temperature around you, tempt you to leave and exit the test that God? has placed in your life right now? Are, 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 you, are, are you letting it forge the real you on the inside of you? Like I said, there's something inside of us. It's a rock that God wants to break up. And, you know, Jesus Christ in Scripture is known as a rock. He's a cornerstone. It takes a rock to break a rock. You know that? It takes a rock to break a rock. The cornerstone. When he falls into your life, he's going to break you up a little bit. Because he can't get the, the metals out of you, the gold out of you, unless he breaks you up a little bit. Jeremiah 23, 29, love this verse. Is not my word like a fire? Everyone say fire. Like a furnace, like a fire. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a what? A Thor hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Is not my word like a fire? Like a hammer. Another rock that breaks a rock. When my word comes to your life to refine you, because every season of your life has been designed by his word to refine you. So his word comes and it smashes the rock on the inside of you. So he can begin to extract the preciousness within you. The treasure within you is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, like a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces. See, the refiner puts broken, crushed ore into a melting pot called a crucible. They take the broken, crushed ore, they put it into a crucible, and they place it in a furnace. And it goes through a cycle of intense temperature. And then it begins to. They begin to burn away the dross. They begin. It begins to become purified. Then it's taken out. Then it's put back in at times. And it's. They, they put the furnace seven times hotter, so they can get. Uh, they, they can get the 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 extra pure part of it out. Oh. Proverbs twelve verse six says, "And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold." What? refined seven times. In historical literature, that's what they used to do. They take it out the first time, get, you know, get rid of the dross the first time, that they'd increase the temperature. Because they knew that unless they increased the temperature, they could not extract the fullness of the potential out of that ore. So they'd increase it. So some of you are in this intense season, and you feel like the furnace of life that you are in right now has just gotten seven times hotter. But let me tell you, it's for a reason. The struggle's for a reason. Because struggle and strength always go together. They live in bed together. Without struggle, there is no reason for strength. And without strength, you can't make it the long haul. You need God's strength only in the struggle. Because the struggle is an invitation for God's strength to come into your life. And so you're in this furnace, it's seven times hotter, and it's just, God, you thought, how could it get any worse? But God's saying, "Now it's a next level that I'm bringing you into. It's a next level. You hardly made it in the last season, but I'm going to allow you to see what you're truly made of in the next season. So make it seven times hotter. Because remember this, he, he, he'll keep you in perfect peace, even in the crucible of the furnace. He'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind is fixed, if your focus is fixed, and you trust him, to trust him in those moments. You're like, I don't want to be in this season. I don't, I don't like the pressure. Diamonds are formed where? Under pressure. I don't, I don't want to be in that moment. I don't, don't want to be in that season. But man, that's where the, the awesomeness of who you really are is coming out. Daniel 3, oh, I love this, Daniel, blew me away, Daniel 3, spoken out of this passage multiple times. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three Hebrew children, friends with David, aligned with David, associated with Daniel, sorry, Daniel, and, and, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, kind of a wicked king, made this new... Uh, established rule that unless you bow down to this idol, you're gonna die. And, and he wanted to control. He wanted to control. So he's, you gotta bow down to this idol and whoever doesn't bow down to this idol is gonna be burned. It's gonna die. And, and so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided not to, they were gonna stand. They were not gonna be what? Moved. Right? They had a stance of right living, they had a stance of righteousness, they had a stance of doing the thing that God wanted them to do in faith and not be moved and, and, and not be moved out of that place and so they said i 'm not going to bow down to that idol because that 's not the idol that 's not the God that i 'm serving. I serve the God, the Lord God, the Hebrew God, yahweh he, he is the one who is and is to come he, he is the one it 's yahweh it 's the Hebrew God, and so i 'm going to stand i 'm not going to be moved i 'm going to set him like david i 'm going to set him before this situation it says Nebuchadnezzar in verse 19 chapter 3 of Daniel Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach Meshach and Abednego because they wouldn't bow down that his face became distorted with rage You ever seen that happen before with somebody like your wife or your, your husband he commanded that the furnace be heated listen to this what did he do he commanded the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual He's like, da- you know, you guys, Daniel, Shatter, you've, made a, you've made it. You know, there's some gold in you. I've seen it. You passed the test. You passed three weeks of tests, 10 days of testing. Uh, you, you've made it, 21 days. You, you've made it. There's some gold in you. But hey, God's like, now, okay, I want, I, I want the purest form of the gold inside of these three guys to come out in this next season. I want to see how massively they trust me. So the king says, I'm going to turn up the furnace seven times hotter than usual. What he doesn't know is God's using Nebuchadnezzar to set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up with a greater revelation of God who stands in every fire of our life. The king didn't know that. Oh, I love this. Verse 20, then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. Listen to this. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. These guys tied them up. They threw them in. As they're throwing these guys in, they're destroyed. They're destroyed. They're killed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, now they're in this this place, it says verse 23. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Listen to this. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to the advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, King Nebuchadnezzar shouted. I see four men. Wait, there was three men. Now I see four men. Wait a minute. There was three men. I see four men, unbound, untied, walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. You may feel like you were tied up going into the next season. But if you can trust God in the fiery furnace of life to extract the precious oils, you will be able to walk around in the fire and be unburned because that's where God shows up. He's the fourth man standing in the fire. Jesus is the fourth man. He's in every fire of your life. (laughs) you you want to see the miracle working power of God every season that you're in trust that God is extracting in you the gold the silver that he can he can see his reflection through because you know when you purify gold and silver properly start seeing your reflection in it Jesus wants to see his full reflection the gold of your life the silver of your life he wants to see it so he's got to put the furnace of life seven times hotter in your life to see that happen so we celebrate when we go through hard seasons we celebrate when we go through challenges because there's something in me that's being extracted from me and then when i look at myself guess what I'm going to start loving myself, because guess who I see when I look at myself now? I see the reflection of what Jesus sees in me. I see the reflection of his face on the gold of my life, on the silver of my life, because it's been refined, and I've let him refine me over and over and over again, seven times hotter. (sighs) What the devil meant for destruction, God meant for construction. King Nebuchadnezzar is like, I'm going to destroy these guys. They not want to listen to me. They don't want to bow down. I, I, I want to destroy these guys. You know what God meant that all for? The construction of their life. The construction of their life. Because in that moment, that's when the most precious gold is going to start coming out. It's going to start coming out of them. And God's going to see his own reflection. It's the character transformation of your life embrace the hard times embrace the offenses wrestle with the angel that's bringing these things to your life sometimes wrestle with it don't quit don't give up when you're discouraged what do you do it's the mistime of david you set him before you you set him in place, you, 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 you let all those thoughts that are holding you captive and you now hold them captive and put him first and then guess what? You will not be moved and that's where the gold starts to come out of your life and the real you becomes the experience of your life.
1: Wow, I really hope that this message has impacted your life. I really believe Psalms 16 is one of my favorite Psalms as well. God has been speaking and such amazing gold that Pastor Sean brought us this morning that really can make a difference in our life. If you're really impacted by this message today and you never gave your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you out of Romans ten nine that says if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved. So if you believe in that, if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, I want to extend this invite to you. I want to extend this opportunity to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. And we want to celebrate you. We want to hear uh, from you. We want to connect with you. If, he, if this is you, if you said yes, please send us an email to prayer at kingdomculture.ca. Prayer at kingdomculture.ca. We would love to connect with you. But if you said yes, again, I want you to pray with me this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I declare that you are Lord and Savior over my life. I ask forgiveness for my sin. I ask you to come and live inside of me and reigning me. I declare that you are my Lord and Savior. And I believe that God raised you from the dead and raised me as well to new life with you. If you pray this prayer again, send us an email to prayer We love you, Kingdom Culture family. Have an amazing Sunday. Have an amazing week. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.